right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Goonies podcast. I'm your host, Trevor King Miner, and I'm here hanging out with my new co-host, Michael Ross. It's your boy, Michael fucking Ross. So this is the start of our new format where we have planned out topics with seasons of about 10 episodes each, uh, where we're going to drop a new episode every week for the next 10 weeks, and then it'll be followed by a short hiatus. And we'll just do that kind of in cycles to give you guys a little bit more content consistently, because we haven't been very consistent lately. So this is season one, episode one, and our topic of the night is COVID vaccinations and the one-year aftermath of COVID-19. So I kind of want to start by talking about, when I say aftermath of COVID, I mean going through it in the last year, kind of like how our lives changed, and uh, kind of just going through like step-by-step as we saw the world around us kind of evolve into the new normal. So, uh, Michael, why don't, we, why don't we, like, start with you? Like, walk, walk us through the, your COVID experience when this shit, like, first started popping up, maybe when you first heard about it, and then obviously, like, there, we have this one point where we completely intersect on, like, when our moment, when our lives, like, really changed. But uh, go ahead, man. Start talking. Okay. So the very first time I heard about it was a Friday. It was the Friday before spring break for me. Uh, the Friday before we went to Arkansas. And I was talking to a fellow graduate student, and he said, hey, this sounds pretty serious. Like, what do you think the chances are that it's going to come to the United States and, like, negatively affect our lives? And I was like, you know, that's probably unlikely. (laughs) And so we fucking went to Arkansas, and toilet paper was already being purchased. Right, Fucking off the shelves. There were no eggs. There were no, like, the stock was basically empty. Yeah. And then we, uh, we decided that we would go to IHOP. Obviously, you may remember that. And they were giving us syrup in these plastic, like, condiment cups. Kind of like, it's like those things you get, like, to-go ketchup in, like the little, yeah. like, saucer, plastic saucer cups. But, yeah, they were giving it to us, like, syrup at the table like that. You had to get, like, four of them just to coat your pancakes. Yeah, we couldn't get the actual syrup container. And I was like, okay, this is weird. But, I mean, surely, like, this is probably going to be the extent of it. So we leave Arkansas, and we go back to Texas. That night, I got an email from, like, the president of the university. He sent, like, a mass email out to everybody. And he said that for the duration of the semester, we are not going to have in-person classes. We will be immediately transitioning to online classes. So... That semester, I very nearly failed every single course that I took. And I would have if it wasn't for, like, this amnesty policy that they adopted because right, of the pandemic. Yeah. So that was shitty. <clears throat> uh, but one thing I really enjoyed was when we had the partial lockdown in, like, March to April. Mm-hmm. I really loved how slow everything was. Like, yeah. despite the fact that everything was going to shit, everything felt so yeah. slow and so fucking peaceful. It was, like, it was like a moment where the world just kind of paused. And I know for a lot of people, it was probably, you know, really terrifying. And it was a lot of, like, uncertainty. But I know for you and me, whose lives had been moving so quickly and so nonstop for, like, the last several years of our lives, like, for everything just to hit pause for a moment, like, no matter the circumstances, it felt oddly good like it like finally a moment to fucking breathe and it took a pandemic to give us that yeah like the only thing 
or the only time that I've felt like that within the past year, aside from lockdown, was when we had that winter storm a few months ago and like everything had to get shut down for a little bit. Right, yeah. Like I felt the same then, even if I was freezing my balls off. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was kind of the same feeling a little bit. I I felt like one felt way more ominous, but yeah, for sure, I I felt I felt kind of the same way. Anyways, continue. So, uh, I like to rave, obviously, and uh, so all of my raves got fucking canceled right off the bat. All of my tickets were refunded, and. Like, for the foreseeable future, everybody was canceling all their events. <clears throat> so the EDM community decided to adopt virtual festivals, and I'm sure uh, a lot of other music communities have done that. But my first virtual rave, as lame as this might sound, uh, it was just so fucking cool. Like, I met a group of people on Twitter. We all got in this group chat, and, I mean, we were vibing pretty hard. So we all joined this FaceTime call during one of the virtual raves, and we just had a good time. It was great. I mean, some of us were on drugs, some of us were <laughs> drinking. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. So you, you did just like a FaceTime call, and it was like, a, so did the, was it like a rave that they were putting on, like specifically virtually, or was this like a rave that was happening in another part of the U.S. that was still open, and then you guys just like joined into it and raved virtually. This was specifically virtually. Okay. Like, it was called Digital Mirage. And I will never forget that day because it was so fucking cool. That's funny. Like everything just seemed hopeless. And then Digital Mirage happened. Yeah. And I was so pumped, so hyped. Did you, did you end up going to that drive-in rave? Because I know you asked a couple people about it. Because I, I was curious to see like how that one would go. It reminds me of like an old drive-in theater or something, but way fucking cooler. Yeah, I did not go to that. I really wanted to, but I forget what prevented me from doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. Um, okay, so the virtual rave, and then what's next? What was next in Michael's life? Um, after that, I like immediately after the virtual rave the semester effectively ended. And that's when I found out that I nearly failed all my classes. Shit. Uh, so after that, we had the social unrest with the, uh, the killing of George Floyd. and Yeah, talking. Jesus yep, Christ. Yep. And I thought COVID was going to play a big part in that, but I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement was more important than COVID restrictions, I felt, and I think a lot of people felt that as well. Well, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people were kind of, they were trying to blame um, more COVID spread on the BLM protest, but most of them, you know, are younger kids about, like, our age <laughs> and who believe what the CDC is telling us, so they were out there wearing masks and some of them socially distancing as much as they possibly could, so... From what and this could be wrong now, but I remember at the time reading statistics that they actually weren't contributing like all that much to the spread of the disease. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's I mean, like you said, people were following as much precautions as you could reasonably at a protest. Right. But I mean, the fact that the protest happened just goes to show that even though demonstrations weren't recommended by the CDC at that time, like that didn't really that wasn't as important. Yeah, yeah, and I feel a lot of people felt that same sentiment because, you know, like I said, I, I feel like, um, unfortunately, it was made a political issue, so a lot, of a lot of people who were kind of, like, on that side of the political spectrum 
felt that way. Like they were taking the disease serious mm -hmm. and they always had been from the beginning, but then this happened. And like you said, it was kind of like a call. To, it was a call to arms for a lot of people on that side of the fence. Who's like, okay, well, fuck, you know, we've been trying to do our best about this disease, but we, we gotta do, we gotta do this. Cause it was just such a fucked up situation. And honestly, without the people going out and doing what they had, I don't know if Chauvin would have ever been convicted or mm -hmm. held accountable for his actions. So it, it was kind of like the ends justify the means type situation. I agree. Uh, so after, like after that, uh, Sarah was having a hard time finding a job, probably because of the pandemic. So we had to move out of the house that we lived in with our old roommate and we moved back into her mom's house. After that, I moved from that house into a hotel for a month. And like since then, like that was the breaking point for my finances personally. Like, really? Yeah, I had been so good with money and paying down my credit cards every month, like oh. being as responsible as possible. And then I went to the hotel, met my breaking point, and that was just the change. Now I mean, I'm you can only, you can only shady. push you can only push a man so far before finally something fucking snaps. And I mean, what a what a shitty time. I mean, you know, the, I mean the, that sucks. I I I had forgotten because you know this this has been a year from hell. I can barely even remember last year. Mm -hmm. Like I forgot how difficult it actually was on you and Sarah. Like you guys, yeah, you had to you had to move out. You had you had to specifically go to a hotel, and um, yeah, that that's difficult. It's difficult shit to go through. Yeah, over the course of three months, we moved three different times. Yeah, that fucking sucks, man. And, I mean, that was probably the biggest thing. And then after that, we moved into the dorms at, uh, in commerce. And then I just struggled with school. Struggled through it, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially you, because you're, you're, you're an in-person learner. And for everything to switch over to online like that, you, like, you really did not cope well with it. And yeah. I don't blame you because like the few online classes that I took when I was in college were the classes I did probably the worst in because I didn't have, and they would be like easy subjects, but if I just had, you know, if it was like in person and things could be explained in more, in more depth or people, you know, the teacher can ex like explicitly tell you these are things I'm going to be looking for on assignments and exams. It's, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, it's way easier. And so if I, if all of my classes had just been switched over to online, I don't think I would have done well either. Like, I think I also would have struggled through. And you were taking classes that are, like, insane. Fucking like physics and... I mean, that's all I need to say, just physics, but still. Yeah, like, you could... So I was in a position where I was a teaching assistant. So I was both a student and... Right, yeah. Sort of a teacher. And that's not an easy job. Well, it, you can see how the students have been impacted yeah. by COVID. Because, I mean, we're all sort of in this fucked up situation together. <clears throat> and, I mean, the students were having a hard time. And it just felt really weird seeing that from a, almost like a third person perspective. Right. Because, like, obviously I know what I'm going through. But it felt really lonely. Because I didn't have the graduate student community that I had, like, prior to the pandemic. Right, yeah. <clears throat> but... It did feel good that we were all just in a fucked up situation together. Right, yeah, I remember you had, you had said that a couple times when we did the, like the FaceTime 
podcast. It's like, we're all in this shithole together. It's like, well, we're distanced, but we're together, yep. I guess. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But aside from that, I mean, that's basically been the past six to eight months. School, looking for jobs, more school. Job hunt hasn't gone so well. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult world in the job hunting field. Um, you know, I've navigated through that, and that was one of arguably the most miserable time of my fucking life was trying to find a job. Um, Indeed can go fuck itself. That is a podcast. That is a podcast opinion that I stand by and will to the end of this day. Go fuck yourself, Indeed. Yeah. Fuck so, you, Indeed. So tapering mm-hmm. off there for the end of your COVID experience. You got more to share? Or? No, that's. I think that's a pretty good sum up of my COVID experience. Okay. All right. So I guess we'll um, we'll get into kind of like how my life went in the last year. So admittedly. Um, and it sucks because there were a lot of people who were not as fortunate as I was. You know, people lost their homes. Um, you know, a lot of people lost loved ones. Like, this was a, like, a horrible year for a lot of people. And um, un- unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately for me, I was very blessed in the sense that my life went better. Like, it went in the more positive direction in this entire pandemic than it had in many years. So I, I honestly, like, a part of me feels, like, guilty because it's, like, my life went so well while so many other people's was just completely turned upside down. But, I mean, there were still things, you know, it, you have to adapt to. So the start of my experience, I remember the first time I heard about COVID. So I read a lot of articles in the morning at work. I'll get there, and I'll have my coffee, and I'll read articles for about, like, 10 to 15 minutes. It's kind of just, you know, you're not ready. To, you're not in work mode yet. You need kind of, you need like a transition. So that's what I would do. And uh, that's how I started getting like a lot more informed on uh, issues as I would come in in the morning. I'd, re- I'd never read the news before a day in my fucking life. But it's like the, it was the default page at my old job. Like if you just clicked on Internet Explorer, that it was like MSN, it was like Microsoft yeah, yeah. News. So I'd be like, oh, okay. So I'd like read through shit. And now that is a daily habit I've continued on for the last like three years. So I was like, I'd read articles, and then I'd see, like, and then, of course, you get this uh, doomsday one that pops up, and shit, this was back, I don't know, I, I think it was, like, shortly after when it first popped up, so I want to say it was probably, like, November, December, or something like that, and I remember reading, it's like, ah, this, uh, there's a disease in China, I was like, this is interesting, and it's like, oh, and so I'm reading, like, the death tolls, and I remember back when it was only, like, I, I think when I was first reading these articles, they had only announced that there had been about six deaths from it, six. And I remember reading that. I was like, ah, oh, well, I mean, it's only six people. And, like, there's new diseases, like, all the time that are kind of, like, contained. So it's not, not a big deal. And I was like, whatever. Well, then I start, like, you know, the more days that pass, these articles, these death tolls are just, like, going up. And I'm like, okay, this is a little eerie. So then, like, next thing I know, it's at, like, 60. And I'm like, fuck, okay. And then it just, like, keeps going up. So I'm, like, kind of keeping my eye on it. And then it, like, really starts. And then I think, you know, I don't remember the moment where they completely quarantine Wuhan. But, um, you know, it was getting pretty bad. I remember that. And so I took a trip with my dad to Colorado in January of 2020. And um, it was getting pretty bad at the time. And I remember asking people, so it was like me and all my dad's work buddies. So I'm like the only kid there. I'm like, I'm 23 and the rest of them are all like in their 40s or 50s. And I'm like, have you guys been reading about this disease? Like, this seems a little worrisome. Like, you guys think we're going to have to worry about this over here? And they, all of them, like, every single one, were like, ah, nah, man. Like, that's just, like, these headlines are just, you know, they're just scaring you. Like, they make it sound worse than it is. Like, we're going to be good. 
<laughs> yeah, so you know, fucking that was that was seriously the. Re- I got that same response from like everyone at that table, like, oh no, nah, you don't need to worry about that, man. And so then, you know, sure enough, it slowly starts like coming over here, and then I'm I'm reading I'm reading articles about like oh, there's people dying in California, like uh oh, and um, so then it just slowly starts like kind of spiraling, and uh, next thing I know, we're we're taking our because we had planned like an Arkansas trip. It's kind of just like a weekend getaway. Like, let's, you know, let's, we've been working a while. Let's go have some fun. It was for Harrison's birthday. And as we were leaving, shit was getting weird. It was, it was getting like, you were hearing people like, um, how you said earlier, people were going into stores and just buying a bunch of shit off the shelves. Like, all the shelves were empty. Um, I was hearing rumors about like toilet paper. I'm like, the fuck is that? People are just like hoarding toilet paper. And then, um, we stopped. Because we were driving out, and we were in Greenville. This is where we stopped for gas, and um, I was standing next to a guy at a pump, and it was just me and him, and he was like, uh, he was telling me that he had just come from Quick Trip and that they were out of gas. Like, people were lining up out, you know, out onto the street, and he said he, he, had, he had been having trouble finding gas. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, really? People are, like, panic buying gas? And uh, so... You know, it was just kind of like this looming feeling as we're like driving out there. It's like, okay, this shit's kind of getting bad. Like people are starting to panic buy stuff. Like I haven't really seen that too much before. And then so, you know, we're out there. We're kind of doing our thing. Life is still normal. We go to a putt-putt course. We're just kind of fucking around and nothing's too strange. But then it's like we were there and um, we, we got like the breaking news shit. Like, you know, lockdown. Like we are, everything is locked down. And we're just at this Airbnb, really nice Airbnb, on like a foggy, rainy lake in the middle of nowhere of Arkansas. And it was just this feeling of like, when we go back to the world, what is it going to be like? And I rem- I'll never forget that feeling because it was literally like the world that we just came from is changing. And we had no, I had no concept, none of us did, had any concept of what that would mean how long it would last, like, okay, like, we're in lockdown, this, this will just last for a little bit, but it was just so, just so looming, and it, it was, I, I could, I could never forget that, and so, um, you know, just in case, I remember we had this Airbnb, and I was hearing the rumors about the toilet paper and shit, so I, <laughs> I, I like, I grabbed a couple, I stole a couple rolls from the Airbnb, I was like, ah, just in case, like, they're not fucking around, they were not fucking around, know how hard it was to find toilet paper after that, it was ridiculous, um, so then, yeah, we come back, and the world's just, different like and uh so i'm at my job um and you know we just kind of work like everything's normal like we acknowledge that things are changing and that are way different but gotta keep chugging on gotta make money and uh finally somebody um caught it they caught the disease in my office and it was like this is the first person that any one of us in the office had heard of getting covid and like someone had it and so everyone like freaked the fuck out everyone was losing their minds and they sent us all home and we were, and so that was the moment where I was finally like working. I was just like everyone else. I was in my apartment. I had to quarantine for two weeks because I had been exposed to the disease and um, just kind of just trapped in my apartment. And I would just remember sitting there thinking and like uh, driving to and from work during that entire time, no one on the road, no traffic on 635, driving into Dallas, nothing, just a ghost town. And it even made even more ominous by the fact that it's like, you know, kind of that time of year where it's like really rainy and foggy. And so it's just, apocalyptic it was crazy were you, were you gonna say something yeah uh what you said about one of your coworkers getting covid that is sort of how i felt about our friend group yeah like when i first heard about covid 
I felt that our friend group was insulated from the entire thing. Like yeah. We were never going to get it as, as silly as that sounds. Well, it just I, felt like we were sheltered. Yeah. And then like it started getting closer to us geographically. Like you said, California, other states started getting it. And I thought, okay, it's coming. And then Texas got it or Texas got its first case. And then Hunt County got its first case. And mm. then I, I started thinking about how one of us might get it eventually. Yeah. And then it did make its way into our friend group eventually. I don't know who the first was to get it. Can't remember. I mean, the fact that it was there was, it shouldn't have been, but it was a shock. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and especially it took so long for one of us to catch it too. Cause we all were, we were all doing our part, I would say. So it, it took a while for the first person to catch it, like months, like almost an entire year into the pandemic before any of us did. Um, yeah, so, uh, they finally, you know, I would, they, they sent us home and, um, just locked out, just like sheltered from the world. And I remember that was kind of the moment that you and I both had of just like, a finally I can fucking breathe because I had been at this job for nearly two years and it was every day you're breaking your back at your desk, just nonstop working. And it, it to the point of like mental insanity, and um, just no time to breathe. And then it finally just like stopped. And it's like, I'm, I, I can finally, I had moved into my apartment like months before that, but I was never there. I was always working. And I'm finally just like, I sitting there, it's like, I have work to do, but how the fuck are they going to monitor if I'm doing work from my apartment? They're not. And so I'm just like, I, I can, and it was honestly, and like I said, it, it sucks because so for so many other people, that was like a moment of sheer terror and panic. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? But for me, it was a moment of like, I need this. Like I, like I desperately needed that moment. And so, you know, for two months I was, I was working from home before they finally brought us back into the office and things kind of started, I would say going back to normal. And so like after the, the, that two month period of like the initial lockdown, um, things went like completely back to normal for me. I was constantly, I was going into the office every single day working. Nothing had really changed other than the fact that, um, you know, you go into a business and you have to wear a mask or you can't go to some of these businesses that you had gone to for a while because they are, they just are completely shut down. They're like, nope, like take out only or whatever. Like we're not opening our doors. Um, so that was really the strangest thing. But for the most part, like my life lived pretty normal. I was, a, I was kind of, I was a bar fly before that. So I was always at a bar or a club or something. And so that drastically changed. But I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if the only aspects of your life during this pandemic that are changing are the fact that you can't go out and have a drink or go to a club, then your life's pretty good. Like, you're not doing yeah, bad. Yeah. And so I always recognize that. It's like, okay, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I can't go hang out with <laughs> a bunch of strangers in a crowded room. So, um, you know, life continued. Uh, high to the pandemic. So it was, it, the trip was originally for your, we were, we were planning a trip for your uh, bachelor party. And then it kind of just morphed into a trip. And so that one, that one was really weird because we took a trip down to Austin. And um, when we get there, I mean, the city, for, you know, for a city like Austin, it's still kind of a ghost town. Like you can't, we could not do anything. Like everything was shut down. Um, we could go to some food places. I know we did that. Um, but just trying to get to, we just wanted to be on the water because in the middle of summer and just trying to find like a body of water that we were allowed to be on was almost non-existent. We spent hours sitting in the car, just like driving to different places. Like where the fuck can we go? And we finally ended up at 
like Ladybird Lake. Like you're not even you're not supposed to be on it. And so like <laughs> technically, so we weren't on it. We bought inner tubes and we were just in this small little like cove, so we weren't on the water. Um and like so that was looking back, that was really strange because now you can kind of you can kind of go out, you can do things now. Um, as long as you're careful and you're wearing a mask and you're kind of distancing. Um, but then that was not the case. Like, especially in Austin, like everything was fucking shut down. Like you, you, we couldn't go to sixth street, you know, the main attraction. So, and, but once again, like if these are really the things you're bitching about, it's not that bad. Right. So, um, you know, that was definitely a strange moment, but then, you know, I, we came back and I had finally, um, gotten a new job. Uh, it took forever for me to find one, which I said, I understand your plight like big time because finding a job, in today's world, especially during a pandemic, is really hard. And that was something that really bothered me because I hated my job so much. And then this pandemic kicks in. It's like, fuck, now I'm stuck here. And it's like, thank God I have a job. Like, I'm, I'm grateful that I do. But it's like, I'm being forced to be grateful to have this miserable fucking kick in the dick <laughs> job. Um, yeah, so I finally get a new one. Um, and it's like the same way things are completely normal for that job. Constantly go into the office every single day. The only difference is, is when you're up away from your desk, like wear a mask, you wear a mask into the building, but everything was normal. And, um, I've been there ever since and life has just slowly, but surely gotten back to the normal that we knew before all of this bullshit. And, um, you know, so I'm, I've been chugging along pretty much like nothing changed all that much. And then like, even now I can still go out to bars and stuff. And now I'm, you and I are both completely vaccinated. So it's like not, even if it was a concern before now it's like less and less of a concern. So it's like, finally you were kind of always paranoid. Mm. And, um, I know I was because even at my new office, like some people got COVID who I shared with, like I shared a very small space with. So it's like, fuck, I'm going to get it. And that happened twice. And I finally, I was like, fuck it. The second they open up for me to go get a vaccine, I'm doing it. And so like a week later, I went and got it because I was just tired of um, having to worry about getting this disease. Because, you know, even though I'm young and I'm healthy, like that doesn't just give me this free pass from not dying from it. Because like there have been plenty of cases where young, healthy people have died. It's just such a weird kind of like finicky disease it it, it um, you know sometimes it affects people horribly sometimes you don't even know you fucking have it and so it's it's just all over the place see the thing about covid that worries me is that i'm not really scared of dying like statistically i'm not going to die i can die but more than likely it's not going to happen right what i'm afraid of is surviving and getting like some sort of permanent damage to either my organs. Well, I was going to say my lungs, but your lungs are an organ. Like there are lasting effects that COVID has caused beyond just lung damage. Right. And people are finding that out. I don't know what they are, unfortunately, but like a few months ago, I was reading about Mm -hmm. uh, quote unquote long COVID. That's what they're calling it. Like the lasting effects from COVID and like, there was permanent damage to something. And I know this uh, is unhelpful to say. I think it was permanent. From what I understand, it's permanent. Um, people have experienced permanent lung damage, and they've experienced uh, some, like, heart issues as well. That might be it. Yeah, heart. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen those seem to be the two most common that they people are going to have, like, more long-term effects from. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's just such a... And then uh, the, the taste and smell, that's another thing. So, like, I know the girl I'm seeing right now, like, she got COVID a couple months ago, and her 
taste and smell haven't really come back fully. Like she still can't taste things like how she used to. And she knows it's different. You know, it's kind of like hard for her to, to describe now, but yeah, she still, it hasn't really fully come back. And I, that's actually, I've heard that happen with a lot of people is that they lost their sense of taste and smell and it only came back like half of what it was before. If at all, there's some I've heard that it just never came back. Like uh, there was a woman in my old office who that's how it was. Like she had had it like months before and her taste and smell just never came back. Dude, as a man who loves to cook, that would be devastating. Yeah, that would fucking suck. I, that is not a, that is not, because it's such like a, it's like a small thing, but like you don't realize, you know, how much you taste and smell shit <laughs> um, for lack of eloquency there. But yeah, like it's just, that's a shitty side effect. Oh, and for it's sure. like I said, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, but it's fucking, that's really annoying. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I um, thankfully wouldn't know, but I hope I never have to find out. Yeah, me either. Okay, so I think this is probably a good point to transition into the COVID vaccine. So we've kind of we've kind of talked about it, how COVID affected our lives personally, um, and so yeah, I think it's I think it's a good time to kind of talk about the light at the end of the tunnel of all of this bullshit. Um, so I guess we'll just go through like personal vaccine experience. So Michael and I are both completely vaccinated. We both have had our second dose. I got mine last week and he got his a couple weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. May 6th, whatever day that was. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, so Michael, why don't you go first? Like explain to people how your vaccination went, how you, how you came about getting it, any side effects that you had and just go ahead and tell the story. Okay. So for the listeners who may be close to Frisco, Dallas, I went to the Baylor Frisco hub to get my vaccination and it, that process was like a well-oiled machine. They had several people, uh, basically taking your information, having you sign waivers and insurance forms. And then ultimately you got the shot. I got the shot. And then they put you in this waiting area for about 15 minutes and you wait for 15 minutes, see if you develop any side effects. If you don't, you're free to go. It was so easy, man. Yeah. Like, the only issues that I had were a sore arm, probably for maybe two days, three days. And then I felt like I had a fever on the, or at, let's see, one or two days after the second dose. But I checked my temperature, like, once every few hours. And right. I never had a fever. It just, I just felt like I had the fever chills. And then there were occasions where I was really sore all over my body, but especially my back. Yeah, you got the body aches. But, I mean, from what I've heard other people going through, I had it relatively mild. Okay. So, I mean, that only lasted for about two days. By the third day, I felt just fine. That's really good. And you got the, you got the Pfizer one, right? Yep. Okay. Pfizer poppy, baby. Hell yeah. So, um, I... I looked for mine so like i said you know some people in my office got covid and i was finally just like fuck this so i, I went to look and i wanted to do it just through like cvs because i had done, i had to go get tests there like a couple times which by the way i didn't even have to have like my first covid test until i mean literally beyond a year in the pandemic like it it was i lasted a very long time so i you know i'd gotten a couple a couple tests at cvs and so i was like i just want to do it as uh easy as it was there or maybe go to like a Kroger or something but all of them were backlogged for like months like people just constantly they wouldn't let me schedule anything 
So I said, fuck it. I went to, so like where I live, there's like three different major counties around. So I just went for one. I figured people would go for less. I registered through Denton County and like the Denton County Health Services. And I was like, okay, whatever. When they, I guess it says, uh, they'll hit me up whenever they're ready and we'll kind of go from there. And I want to say like a week and a half, maybe two weeks later, they hit me up and they're like, um, hey, you're 247,000th in line. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not getting my vaccine anytime soon. God damn. And then like a couple days later, they're like, all right, show up here. And at this time, I was like, shit, that was quick. And um, so what they did is they did it through like a mass vaccination site. And so they sent me to the Texas Motor Speedway, in which I didn't even realize was in Denton. It's basically in Fort Worth. It's like on the outer rim of Denton. It's it's insane. It's bullshit because it's like 40 minutes, no matter where you are to get to it. So yeah, it was like a mass vaccination site. So you just, I just pulled up in my, because you didn't do it through like your car, right? You just like walked into like a site and they just did it on site or were you in your car? I walked into a site. Okay. All right. Um, And so, yeah, you just rolled up in your car and they have, I think it was like, I think it was FEMA who was doing it. Okay. Um, or the, at least I'm pretty sure that's what I saw, like some of the badges that people were wearing. They look like FEMA badges. And so, um, you know, you got some military members. They're like, you know, they got the cones. They're waving you, like getting this line, getting that line. And so I just rolled up. They handed me a form. Fill that shit out. Pull in through a couple tents. They verify everything. You know, they make you, they ask you if you ever had any allergic reactions to certain things. Um, pulled up into like the third tent, they give it to me. Then they, they put us all in a line, like, a, like a, this giant car line and they monitor you for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and the, uh, the way you have to tell them if like you're having an adverse side effect is you have to like flash your lights and honk your horn. Like that's how you <laughs> fucking tell them that you're like dying in your car. <laughs> and so, yeah, someone made the joke, they're like, man, how, how concerning would that be if like you pull up and you see that sign and then you just see a car like honking like crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I'd pull right the fuck out of there. Um, but obviously that, that didn't happen. Everyone was just chilling in line. So the longest part of that, of the entire process was just waiting in that 15 minute line. That was it. So, like, literally, I pulled in and got the shot in less than five minutes, and then the rest of my time there was just the 15 minutes I had to wait to make sure I didn't die. And um, it was super easy. Like, that was it. And so I did that both times. They didn't really give me a choice. Like, show up this day at this time. So I I show back up at, like, the middle of the fucking day on a Friday. And um, I had absolutely zero side effects from this thing. Zero. None. I had the only one, which to me was pretty normal for just a shot in general, was like you're having a sore arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, my arm was definitely way more sore than any other shot that I've gotten, but it was still super manageable. It's not like you're not going to be able to conduct your daily activities with this sore arm. Yeah. But I had zero side effects. Now, granted, the night of, I did get drunk. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I might have had some and just not felt them. But I... um. I had, to me, I had no side effects. I was perfectly fine. My sister's graduation was the very next day, and I was worried that I was going to be really sick for it, but I woke up normal, no tired, like I wasn't fatigued at all, showed up, hung out with the entire family this entire time, nothing, no side effects. It was great. Damn. Yeah, and so, like, I was reading, and I think, like, what, it's literally, like, only 40% of people actually experience any side effects. Like, it's really low. Like, I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. So Probably from you. So most people experience the side effects on the second dose. And um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty mild. They're, you know, it's just like fever, chills, um, 
body aches, um, fatigue. Those are kind of like the main ones. And it's really nothing to be too concerned about. Now, some people, it has like made them feel like pretty ill. Like I know Zach, it kind of kicked his ass a little bit. But the side effects dissipate in a very short amount of time. Like with, if it's not within the first day, it's only going to last probably like three days. And that's it from everything that I've seen. I don't know if you have, do you have any notes over there of? No, I, no, not about uh, side effects. Okay. Or at least how long they last. Yeah, so like it was relatively short. It was super easy and um, a great experience. I'd recommend going to a mass vaccination site because they, they had that shit down like clockwork. People in and out, in and out. Like the longest you spend there is like 20 minutes and that's it. So um, yeah, that was great. Um, so one of the more pertinent things that I think we should talk about in this is that for those listening... Um, a lot of people are super hesitant to get this vaccine and I can understand some of their concerns because just from the, if you know absolutely nothing about this, it can look kind of sketchy because, you know, it can look like they just developed this disease, this, uh, vaccine in like less than a year or this new vaccine or this new, God damn it, this new disease that pops up and it can look scary. It can make people kind of like hesitant, like, man, I don't want a rushed, you know, vaccine in my arm and, you know, people, in today's age, are already hesitant to get just regular fucking vaccines anyway. So, like, I, I understand that. But, um, so, I kind of wanted to go through with you and discuss some of, like, the common myths and dispel them because I have seen a shitload of misinformation. Uh, I'm sure there's a way more on Facebook than anywhere else. I've chosen to avoid Facebook entirely, but... Um, uh, especially on, certainly on Instagram. I've seen it a lot on Instagram. People will post their stories like, oh, don't get this. It, it causes this or that. Or, and um, the sad thing is, is that most of this that I'm seeing that is definitely misinformation or things that are just blatantly wrong um, can be figured out within just a single Google search. Yeah. And um, I did that for a couple of them. And I'm like, where the fuck are people getting this stuff from? Like, they're just believing this rumor mill or like a post they see on Facebook or some shit. And then they're you know, reposting it and warning yep. people to like not get it. And, um, it's dangerous. It, it's really dangerous because we worked so hard to get to this point. Like we finally have a light at the end of the tunnel. Like we are almost out and people are getting vaccinated. We're going to crush this disease and people are like stopping. Like they're, they're putting <laughs> their fucking, like they're putting their feet in the sand. They're like, no, not moving anymore. And it's like, Oh, fuck, we're so close. Like, we're so close. So, like, I think it's really important for those who know us or might have known us in the community, if you're hesitant, to, like, listen to what we're about to tell you because there is really nothing to be worried about. This is just misinformation and people fear-mongering for no fucking reason. And so I think we should discuss that. So, um... So, I, go go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So, a... I mean, a pretty understandable concern that people have is that the vaccines were quote unquote rushed. Like they were developed in less than a year and then they got FDA approval. Not just approval, but emergency approval. Emergency approval, right. right. <clears throat> so the thing about that, that people probably don't know is that the technology used in the vaccines has been around for a while. Uh, like the messenger RNA that was used in the Pfizer and the Moderna, Moderna, Moderna? 
I've been saying Moderna. I've heard others say Moderna. I've been saying Moderna, but I've okay. yeah, potato potato. Yeah. Anyway, so the MN- mRNA technology that's been in both of those vaccines has been used and tested on humans since 2011. Right, because like the thing about this disease is that it's not the only coronavirus that exists. It's just the newest form of it. So there have been tests <coughs> on different strands of this very same disease that have been around for years. We, I mean, this is not just a brand new thing we pulled out of our ass. Right. And even the, uh, the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines, uh, they use something called an adenovirus, mm-hmm. which... You can effectively call the common cold an adenovirus. It's a virus that causes, or sorry, excuse me. It's a common virus that causes a host of illnesses. Yeah. Uh, the common cold is an adenovirus. And tech, like research on that has been available for a long time as well. So it's not as though the scientists and virologists who were creating the vaccines were just going in it blindly. Like, we're coming from a very solid, very established scientific ground. Right. Which is why the process and the, even though it was an emergency, that's why the emergency FDA approval happened so quickly. Like, we're coming from a place where we're already pretty comfortable scientifically. Right, yeah, exactly. Like you said, we've been kind of developing this technology and vaccine formula for a while this and the way we developed this people kind of had the perception that it was just like from scratch just just get it out to the people and we did it in less than a year when usually vaccines take like what three or four or something to get like fda approval yeah but that that was something else is that so you know it's been around for years um there's also a couple other factors which i'm sure you you might have in your notes too but um so another reason that it's not Russia. So China isolated and shared uh, genetic information about COVID nineteen pretty quickly, actually. Okay. And so, so that way, scientists pretty much as soon as the vaccine, as soon as the like the virus presented itself, they were already able to start working on that vaccine like almost immediately. So that means, uh, like as far back as October of last year, or no? Yeah, no, that's right, October twenty twenty. Or no, 2019. 2019. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. shit, God. Because 2020 is the lost yeah, year. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, I, I know. I, it keeps fucking my head. Yeah, so basically of October of 2019, they have had genetic information on this disease to be able to work on a vaccine. That's, that's pretty long. That, I mean, that's a good chunk of time. And we've already had the technology around for a while. We've already been working on this for a while. Um, and so more on the rush development, people kind of think that maybe we skip some steps or we rush some steps. But what we actually did is we worked on multiple steps in conjunction with other steps. So usually it go when you're working on a vaccine, it goes like linearly, like you go, and a lot of it is apparently like bureaucracy. So you go from one to two to three to four. So what, where, what we actually did, or the vaccine producers actually did, is they were working on one, and one to two, but while they were working on one and two, they were also um, stacking three and four. They were working on steps three and four as well, and that's kind of just like a basic way of explaining it. But... Um, the approval to start making these vaccines allowed them to work on multiple steps at the same time. So no steps were skipped. None of them were rushed. They were just worked on at the same time. Um, yeah, so you talked about the messenger RNA. Um, let's see. I think misunderstanding messenger RNA is another, another uh, cause for fear. Like, the fact that this is an mRNA vaccine. Yeah. Like, 
I follow this page on Twitter called Bad Medical Takes. And <laughs> I see a lot of things about the COVID-19 vaccine. And I've seen some people say that mRNA is like hypermagnetic and like it makes your blood more magnetic than iron. What let, the fuck? let me just say that for anybody who thinks that, let me dispel that real quick. That is complete bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know people have been worried about that, that it like changes your genes or, or some shit like that. And I think that's one of the concerns on the mRNA thing. And uh, what I learned today is that like what this does is it actually doesn't even enter your genome. So it literally affects your genes in no fucking possible way. Yeah. So, um, actually, yeah. But no, go ahead. What? I was just going to say like mRNA is just something that tells your cells like how to build proteins. Yeah. And when you inject the mRNA vaccine, it's got the corresponding mRNA for the COVID-19 protein. Yeah. So your body recognizes the COVID-19 protein, and then you can fight against it. That's all it is. Yeah. And so that kind of leads me into, because of how you just described that, um, this is probably the biggest one that I see, like the most spread one, is that it affects women's fertility. Okay. That, yep. that is the number one myth that I have personally seen, and I see a lot of people spreading that on um, Instagram, family members that I talk to, people that I talk to, women specifically who are about our age in their early 20s who want to get pregnant in the next couple years, uh, don't want to take the vaccine because they're afraid that it will affect their fertility in a way. Um, so let's go ahead and completely dispel that. So this came from a false report that surfaced on social media um, and I don't know where it originated. I, I've heard a blog post. I've heard like some like German quack said something and it just kind of spread. But it came from a post that said that uh, the spike protein in the coronavirus was the same as another spike protein called something I can't even pronounce because I'm not a fucking doctor. But um, that's involved in the growth and attachment of the placenta during pregnancy. Um, so th this post said that the vaccine would cause a, a woman's body to fight this different spike protein and affect her fertility. Um, but the truth is, is that these two spike proteins are completely different. They do not affect each other in any way. And, um, one of the funny things about it is that while they were doing testing for the vaccine, um, there were many women who became pregnant after getting the vaccine, and there was only uh, there was only one person who suffered a pregnancy loss during this entire thing, and the vaccine that they were given was the placebo. So there is only one person that had that did not become pregnant after the twenty three the whatever women volunteers that were tested, and they were not even given the real vaccine. So there is zero evidence, and matter of fact, evidence to the contrary that it, this affects pregnancy. It, it does not at all. If you've been seeing that, it's not true. It's just shit posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's not true. Speaking of side effects, like something that people prop... <clears throat> Sorry, I think I got too far from the mic. Uh, something that people have probably heard is that the Johnson & Johnson variant and the AstraZeneca variant, or excuse me, not variant, vaccines uh, cause... Like, they all have an increased risk of blood clots. And relatively, that is true. Uh, the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca both have a six in a million chance of giving you blood clots. While the Pfizer and the other one, 
the fuck is it? Moderna. Uh, those have a 4.5 in a million chance. Yeah, see, those I have, I have those same numbers right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, to put that into perspective, you have a 1 in 6,000 chance of getting a blood clot just on a flight. You also, if you get COVID, um, COVID is a 1... Um, so basically, out of every 1 million people that gets COVID, 39 have a blood clot. So go back to Pfizer, out of every, or no, I'm sorry, this is for the Johnson & Johnson one that I was looking at. Out of every 1 million people, only five get blood clots. So Compared to 39. Compared to COVID. 39, you are much more likely to get a blood clot from getting the disease than you are this vaccine. So, like, the idea that it's not safe, it, I mean, it's just not true. You are still worse off getting the COVID disease than you are getting the vaccine. Because that's something else I've seen a lot of people say is that, well, I'll just get the, I mean, I'll just get the disease. If it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. Well, I mean, so even if it gets you and it doesn't affect you, you still had more of a chance of getting a blood clot than you did <laughs> if you had just taken the fucking vaccine. Right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that was definitely one. I wanted to go back to the, uh, the, the women's pregnancy and, for, and the fertility thing. So I have, I've, seen, I've seen another one that it's, like, people, women who are given the vaccine, like, very shortly after giving the vaccine, they just started, uh, like, um, bleeding profusely from their vagina. Like, like it was just, like, a... And, and it is just... That is not true. So there, there is... They're conflating something. And so what's actually happening there is um, women who are getting it are some of them are experiencing much heavier periods than before, but there is no evidence to suggest that 20 minutes after getting the uh, the vaccine that they immediately just profusely started bleeding from <laughs> their vagina. That just that that has not happened. That's not true. Um, there, yeah, like I said, some evidence to suggest you might have a heavier flow, and that seems to go away in a short amount of time. But there, once again, no impact on pregnancy whatsoever. Like women still got pregnant. It's, you're totally fine. So um, the takeaway, I mean, I know we're not done, but thus far, the takeaway has been the vaccines are extremely safe. And to those listening, if you haven't already, I urge you to get vaccinated. I mean, help us fight this goddamn pandemic so we can go back to fucking normal. Because I want to go to back to my concerts, dude. Uh, yeah. So like, okay, so, so this kind of leads me into... So why should you get vaccinated? You know, so, so some people think they're invincible or they just don't need it because they've already had the disease or things like that. So here's why you should get vaccinated. Um, a, it will keep you from getting COVID, which I think is the ultimate goal. No one wants it. I mean, um, two, it helps stop the spread of COVID to those who are more vulnerable. Um, I mean, the disease has currently killed 3.9 million people worldwide and 586,000 in the U.S. alone. So whether it, COVID would really affect you or not is not really the point. It's the point that you won't be then spreading this to someone who could die, which has clearly been the case. Like, millions of people have died from this. Now, if you're someone who believes that this entire thing is a hoax, I guess I don't really have... There's nothing I could say that would persuade you anyways. You know, those type of people are likely the people who think that the vaccine has the microchip in it. Probably, and I want to talk about that in a minute. Oh, but, yeah, but I've, that I've is, got something about okay, that. Okay, yeah, cool. I read a little bit about <laughs> it. But So I, um, somebody sent, god damn, who was it? Mark sent this thing, and he said, uh, it was a profile picture of this guy in one of his groups that he's in on Facebook, 
and it literally it's like a little sticker around this guy and he said, I would rather shit in my hands. Yep. <laughs> I would rather shit in my hands and clap than get the vaccine. And I'm like, that is that is no pun intended, the dumbest shit I have ever heard anyone say in my entire life. Why is that your go why would you I have why is no, that your what go to fuck? The fuck is wrong with that guy? He could have said, I'd rather get COVID than get the vaccine. But I'm no, s- he wanted to take a shit in his hand <laughs> and clap. I'm starting to think that this guy might have done this before. This is just like... <laughs> He's going based off experience. Yeah, like, exactly. This isn't that I was bad. like, the fuck is that, man? Okay, so anyways, um, so herd immunity is another, is another big thing, and I want to get into that a little bit. But uh, for another reason why you, should get in, uh, why you should get vaccinated is that we are not going to achieve herd immunity until we get about 70 to 90% of the entire population has been vaccinated. Uh, we're currently just at 37% in the U.S. And that number has kind of stalled out because there has been a huge vaccine hesitancy in this in, since it's come out for the reasons that we have are hopefully trying to dispel a little bit. So we're not going to just be able to walk around and not be affected by COVID until we get about 80 to 90% of us vaccinated and only 37% are. So that there's a huge disparity there. We got to pump that up. Um, so... This one is just more of an incentive, but the CDC did just announce as of last week that those who are fully vaccinated no longer have to wear a mask. So if you're one of those people who has been completely bitching about wearing a mask this entire time, here is your incentive. If you want to take off your fucking mask, go get vaccinated. I I mean, I know people seem to hate this. They think it's some kind of infringement on their liberties and I'm not even going to knock you here. If you, if you have really... I'm ha- knocking you. I'm okay. knocking I'm you. I'm not. I'm not going to knock you. I'm trying to <laughs> encourage you. If you really don't want to wear the mask anymore, just go get vaccinated. That's it. Fuck Greg Abbott and whatever he has to say, because <laughs> I don't give a fuck what his rules are. But if you don't want to wear your mask anymore, just, just go get vaccinated. That's it. And you can take it off. Um, but this is arguably the biggest reason why people, other than, you know, you could kill other people. I think maybe that should be the biggest one, but... This is the biggest reason why you should. And this one is the one that you should be worried about. And it's that the longer the disease is in the general populace, the more time it has to mutate into a deadlier and more contagious form of the disease, which at any point could set us back to day one in our progress of combating this. So, and we're already seeing such things starting to happen with the two most notable uh, variants, which are the UK variant and the India variant, which is taking a huge fucking toll on India, on India right now. Um, it's, it's currently killed... Uh, it, well, I'm, I'm sorry. It's currently infecting 350,000 people each day at the end of April. And at the end of April, the seven-day average death toll was 4,000 people. So it is just wiping the floor with India right now. And this is just a slight variant of the one that we already have. Now, so far... Everything that we have shown is that our vaccine is still going to be effective against these variants, but it proves the point that at any given point, this could mutate into something that is more contagious and is more deadly or completely curtails our vaccine. Like it just goes around, it's not affected by it. So the longer we dilly dally with getting vaccine, the more chances are like we're gonna go right back to day fucking one of lockdown if, this, if a new form comes out that is just way worse than the others. And that's a risk that we are literally taking every single day. So um, I think that's one of the more important reasons why people should get vaccinated. I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, I mean, both of those kind of speak to a collectivist mindset 
that just a lot of people don't seem to have. But just just go out there, go get vaccinated, and like give yourself a pat on the back for doing something for the greater good. I think that's commendable. Yeah. So if you do something for the greater good, I mean, you honestly, fuck. Like, you probably deserve a medal. God damn it. We'll give you a medal. I mean, there, there's already so many states that are offering, like, crazy fucking incentives for getting the vaccine. Like, I think, what, Ohio or some Yeah, others. I was going to say be, Ohio or Oregon. I, but I could I, be the, wrong The lottery? Here. Yeah, so, like, you, if you get the vaccine, you're also entered in for a chance to win, like, a million dollars. Like, and good for you. If you're, like, a local municipality that wants to offer, like, badass incentives, like, hey, come here, get a vaccine, we'll give you a free case of beer, do it. Like, whatever gets people vaccinated. Um... Yeah, I think I I thought that shit was hilarious that they're just, just like please because we're I mean we're having to throw out like a shitload aren't we like yeah. like there's a Our, lot that are we did in the beginning I haven't been keeping up with that now. yeah I, I don't know what it is now I I saw like a John Oliver piece on it and he was saying that like our demand like it's just we have such a supply that demand is just not meeting and we're basically having to like throw out these vaccines that could go to people who truly need them in other parts of the world. And we're kind of just, we're really spoiled here in that sense that we have so many, we literally don't know what to fucking do with because people don't want to get vaccinated, uh, which, you know, I think that's a huge problem. But, um, so I wanted to move on. So he, he, here's, here's the big, here's another huge, COVID, this is just a COVID myth, but I guess it could also stray into the vaccine, is that some people are saying uh, that they don't need to get vaccinated because they've already had COVID. And uh, that is not true. Um, so we know with COVID that reinfection is absolutely possible. There are multiple people who have gotten it multiple times already, and some people who have had it for an extended period of time that has just lasted so long. Um, so a lot of this is kind of based on, like, I'll get it, I'll get the antibodies. Well, A, you're not even guaranteed to get them. So there's that. And then also, it, it's looking like from the information that we currently have that natural immunity, so the immunity that you have after having the disease, it might last as little as three months. So not long before you can just completely get reinfected. And now we, we don't know quite how long the vaccine will give you immunity, but we're pretty sure it's going to be longer than natural immunity. So you are still better off getting this vaccine. You will be more protected than if you just have natural immunity, because like I said, that, that may or may not even be a thing for you. So that, that is a huge myth that should just be completely dispelled. Like now, if you, even if you've had it, you should still get the vaccine. Yeah. So uh, to comment on that, since we're still relatively new in the process, um, we can say that the vaccine offers at least six months of protection from COVID because we are roughly six months out from the clinical trials. Okay. Uh, we can probably increase those numbers as time goes on, but we can't like definitively say this vaccine is going to protect you for two years right, because yeah. it hasn't been two years. I have also seen the, the six month report too, is that we, we at least know that, but as far as how long is it actually going to protect you? Uh, we don't know. Yeah. Like it could be years. It could be, you know, a, a shorter amount of time, but, uh, six months is promising, like yeah. more promising than the three months that you just mentioned. Right. Exactly. Like it, natural it, it, immunity. Yeah. it has been shown to be as little as three months. So if, even if you have the disease, you're still not hundred percent good. You should go get the vaccine. Um, how about the microchips? So is it too early to talk about the microchips? No, no I want to leave that for last. We'll, okay. we'll, just, we'll just end that last. So, um, so here we go. So 
reasons to get these are like more reasons why you should get the um, vaccine. So I want to talk about the effectiveness of the vaccine in general. So um, you're about 80% protected after receiving your first dose. So you're already, you have much more of an immunity against the disease if you just get one shot, uh, which is fantastic. And that number eventually increases to about 90% after receiving your second dose. So you, I mean, your chances of getting the disease after that second dose are very slim. So it's a good thing to get. Um, so you have to wait about two weeks after receiving your second dose for it to be fully effective because there is kind of a delay, which is some of the reason why we are seeing some people get infected even though they do have the vaccine. Because I think there was some cases of like some baseball players getting it and, and some other people with the AstraZeneca. But... Um, yeah, so that, that's why. If you've seen that, it's not because the vaccine doesn't work. It's because what probably happened was the guy, somebody who went and got it, they got it that day, and then that night went out to a bar or something like that or was around a big group of people and was exposed to it. You, it there is kind of a delay with uh, its effectiveness. It kind of increases as the time goes on. So you do need to wait about two weeks after receiving it before you're, you're good to go out and you know party and do whatever the fuck you want. Um, so... So, and, but to go on to that point, so, so far, those who have been infected after receiving a vaccine is only one one hundredth, one one hundredth of one percent. So, you are extremely unlikely to get infected after having the vaccine. So, it is very, very effective uh, based on everything that we're seeing so far. So, you know, for those who are saying that it, that it doesn't work or it's not worth getting, that's not true. It absolutely is. Okay. So then now for the ending piece, let's move on to the more um, absurd theories uh, or not theories, but things that people seem to think happens with this vaccine. Um, I would, could I, would you mind if I opened up with this? Yeah, go right. You go right ahead. Okay. So I have seen several people on Twitter and I know Twitter is not like the, the font of humanity, but I mean, God, I've seen enough people say this to where it's ridiculous. Okay. Vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines, are methodical population control, and they're meant to kill all of us. Interesting. Okay. I I haven't seen that one. (laughs) I've seen that four times. Oh, my God. And the fact that I've seen it four times makes me think that there's enough people out there that think that, that it needs to be said. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, I, I can't possibly tell you anything to dissuade you if you truly believe that. But go outside and touch grass. Like, look at all the people around you who have been vaccinated. And then take notes of when they die at the ripe old age of probably 60 to 90 of natural causes. Because that's, you know, roughly the age of death in the United States. Yeah, I, I've seen Alex Jones say, like, people are going to develop neurological issues within one year and be dead in ten after taking this vaccine, which that is just complete horseshit. That is, there is no basis in reality of that. I, I don't even know where people are getting crazy shit like this. That doesn't even make any sense. Like, it's probably just a shit post factory. Uh, who knows? Well, yeah, just, it's probably like, it probably started with like a fucking troll just saying dumb shit and then people took it seriously and just ran with it. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going to go with because that, that's just ridiculous. Anyways, continue. I know you got more crazy shit over there. Well... I mean, it was the mass murder bullshit. And then there's the microchips, which I can, like, I'm willing to sympathize with this viewpoint because, truth be told, I thought the government was microchipping us 
at one point when I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) I was so fucking scared. I was scared of FEMA. I was scared of vaccines. Really? Yes. I... I was full blown Illuminati. Where did you get that from? Like, where where were you hearing that to make you think that when you were fourteen? It began with the people that I worked with uh, at that like medical cardiology. Oh, job, okay. Like huh? when we were in high school. Well, that makes that's even more sad. I know. What? I know. I know. But these people weren't medical professionals. Like we were all <laughs> just, <laughs> just they just work under the guise that they are. We were we were doing a completely unrelated task. We were just sorting medical records yeah. we didn't have any patient contact so like we were just bullshitting and they told me about like vaccinations illuminati microchips it just spiraled downhill oh from there God, shit was the bad fuck? and being in high school a young 14 year old boy i was very impressionable well it's all right michael it seems like most adults are too <laughs> yeah i mean so i i can understand the fear of the microchips so if you believe that let me just I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Not numbers, but some information. So the cell phone that you carry with you at all times is equipped to track you. It's loaded with a GPS. If you decide to turn the GPS off, your rough location can still be tracked via internet access. Whenever you connect to any cell phone tower or Wi-Fi network, that provides the network provider with a rough location of everywhere that you have been so long as you are connected to the internet. Okay, so you want to stave off one existential crisis with another, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. even if you... Uh, so let's assume that you are connected to the internet. Every website that you visit collects cookies on you. And I hate, that the, I hate the fact that they're called cookies, because it sounds so fucking stupid. Yeah. But cookies track your... Let's see. Kind of like your, like your habits. Like, basically what you look at, and then they, they show you... Um, they're the things basically responsible for, oh, hey, I, I was looking at watches, and then you're scrolling on Instagram, you see ads for watches. Yeah, it targets your online habits, like you were saying. Yeah. Your search history, how many times you visited the website. And, I mean, I think that's oh, wacky. They're going to be appalled with how many times I visited Pornhub. Yep. <laughs> they're going to be pissed. And the fact that Facebook can create a shadow profile of you, even if you do not have an account, shows that the technology is possible for you to have a shadow profile on roughly anything. Yeah, so basically, if you're getting this information from Facebook, we have, we have some bad news to tell you, man. Yeah, so if you're concerned about being tracked via, like, this vaccine... Don't worry, because you were already being tracked in almost every other possible way. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if you own basically any device that can connect to any form of internet, you're being tracked. Like, I mean, it's already it's already been shown that the government basically is spying on us. But that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. But point is, is that you know you're, you are already being tracked. So the tracking chip is is just dumb. Um. So so have you seen? the part of this that I guess comes from like the Bill Gates side of it, like why some people are saying there's microchips in it. Did you see that at all? I, I've, I've seen some people relate Bill Gates to uh, population control. Like he wants to limit the global population okay, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is just, all right. So I learned this through that John Oliver piece. I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to really look into it cause I was, I was using that piece as kind of like a refresher before this podcast. I was working out. I didn't have time. Um, but I guess the chip tracking thing started with Bill Gates because like years ago they were trying to develop 
a technology that um, through vaccines for kind of like refugees or migrants when they get vaccinated, that the vaccine contained information in it that could show your medical records. This, I mean, super, I guess this was like some kind of like super experimental thing or, or whatnot, or I don't even know if it worked. I have no idea. I don't know nothing about it, but that is where it like originated is they were working on this and like just through the line, people have completely fucked up like what was actually going on. So then it became like, oh no, he's just tracking you. Or then it became population control, blah, blah, blah. But completely different It's thing. like a bad game of telephone. Well, that's literally, I was trying to avoid using that analogy because that is exactly <laughs> what John Oliver said. So, but you said it. So there, I guess we're good. Yeah, but it's literally like playing telephone. So it's like, that's what it was. It was already like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then people just completely fucked up the original intent of that. And now we have microchips developed by Bill Gates. Um, wow. That is definitely the wackiest one that I have, I like, there's a lot. I mean, there's still some people that think it's a hoax, that you don't need the vaccine because it is a microchip, because the entire disease is a hoax, which, once again, there's just some, like, subgroups of people that I can't, I can't help or speak to. Like, if you believe that, I, I'm sorry, I got nothing to say to you. Like, there's just nothing I can say to change your mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is... That is insane. I don't understand the the hoax one. Like you know, I mean, they're literally like burning bodies in the street in India right now. Like, it, and it's not it's not because you know they just decided to start burning bodies <laughs> in the street in India. Like that that's absolutely insane. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess we'll we'll go ahead and kind of wrap it up after after talking about um, some of the reasons why we think that y'all should get vaccinated. Now, and I want to preface this. I should have prefaced this, but I didn't. So I'll say it in the latter. Michael and I, we're not fucking doctors. We're not medical professionals. Everything that we've looked at is information that is out there that you or that anyone can find. And it is relevant information that has been fact-checked. It has been, um, it is in several medical journals, several medical journals. Most of the information that we threw at you guys tonight, um, I found on Healthline, Mayo Clinic, the CDC's website. Like this is information that is out there. And it's not skewed in any way that they're not lying to you. This is across the medical board. These are true facts. And now, did we get some things wrong? We might have. Like I said, we're not, we're not doctors, but we're just presenting information that we have seen to you to hopefully dispel some of your hesitancy. Um, I hope so. I hope, I hope it works because, like I said, uh, the longer we're in this, the more chance there is that we're just set back to day one, which I know none of you want. None of us want this. So... Um, Hopefully this this helped in some way, and I really hope I really I ask anyone listening, like even our friend group, like if you have not been vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. Um, I would greatly appreciate it if you care at all what I think, which I know you don't, but you should just do it anyways. It'd be a nice thing to do. All right, so uh, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. So this has been uh, season one, episode one: vaccinations and COVID aftermath. Uh, join us back next week for uh, season two. Oh, no, I'm sorry, for, for uh, season one, episode two. Um, I'm not going to disclose what the topic is, but it'll be interesting. And like I said, we have 10 episodes planned out for this entire season. So uh, tune back next week to hear what we have to say. I have been your host, Trevor King Minor, and this has been my lovely co-host, Michael Ross. I'll give you a hint about next week. It's furry elf porn. Oh, fuck yeah. <clears throat> Good night, guys. <laughs>